You are listening to From the Midwest to the Middle East, the latest on U.S. tax, Israeli economy, and lots of in-between. Interviewing Israeli and international experts. Chicago, Chicago. Welcome to our podcast. I am Philip Stein, president of Philip Stein & Associates. Hi, I'm very happy today to be speaking with Ranan Paz, who is the founder of Tammuz Consulting Group, which is the first financial pension objective private counseling company in Israel since 1987. His group designed and performed the biggest pension investment projects in Israel in the past 20 years, naming briefly the new Intel Group Social Pension Investment System, the new Motorola One-Stop Shop All-Around Social Benefits Investment Plan. He has been around for six years. They've been doing direct consulting for Israel Capital Insurance Regulator Homes Treasury Office and is the CEO of the biggest retirement investments counseling company in Israel that serves top managers and wealthy families as central, unbiased, ongoing financial private management group. Ranan, welcome. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. I think before we start, uh, I think you are involved in what I would say one of the most important or most highly discussed topics, uh, not just in Israel, but around the world, uh, about pensions, how people can save for their old age. We we all wanna we all wanna live long. Uh, we all would like to perhaps not work that long, but we certainly want to have enough money uh, to be able to get to those quote unquote golden years. So I think the the changes in the marketplace and the challenges and the lack of clarity for a lot of lay people uh, makes your position your company a very very important and that's that's why I wanted to have you on today my first question is there there are many people who call themselves advisors in the market today i.e. financial pension insurance mortgage how do, how does Tammuz fit in well first of all advising is the oldest uh, Jewish profession as you know everyone can give you advice True. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, Let's first relate to the client point of view. Most clients uh, refer to financial solutions as uh, medications. This is how they feel it. You use something, you don't know the true content of it, and uh, you just use it because someone gave it to you, and uh, you know it's going to have uh, great bearings on how you live, and uh, you know there are conflict of interests, but you don't know how to officially eliminate it. This is where the similarity between the medical world and the financial world ends, because no one would uh, consume six separate medications without an unbiased doctor who knows each drug personally and knows how to use them for you and knows how to make sure a long time that you're healthy and it's doing you good. But on the financial ground, everybody buys six separate drugs without one knowing the other and uh, hope for good. When you do that, uh, the statistics shows that if you try to be your own doctor, you will be losing between 25 to 60% of your total assets due to taxes you didn't have to pay and in Israel you have at least 12 of them, uh, due wrong uh, investments, uh, due to high fees, uh, financial mistakes 
all these bear a very big toll that would eliminate around half of your uh, assets a long time. What we do is, uh, this is the only company in Israel that took all six experts, which are unbiased, and they perform as private doctors team that take responsibility over a client and design and look after him along all the years and uh, make sure that he's doing the right thing for him rather than make income to all those financial bodies. It's interesting. I, I was just myself at a uh, conference uh, for accounting firms and uh, they used a similar analogy of, of doctors or medicine and they said, is the service that you provide, would you call it an aspirin or a vitamin? And uh, it seems to me you're, you're, you're giving both, okay? You're, uh, you're helping uh, remove people's pain and you're giving them uh, something that will boost, uh, in their case, their, their retirement funds and savings. So I, I like that analogy very, very much. Yeah. Um, how has the financial advisory service sector changed in the last years and, and how is it expected to change in the future? Uh, I think the whole world is going through a revolution that uh, leaving the old world uh, strategy, which related to the biggest force uh, on earth, which is client, mm -hmm. there are no economics without client. <clears throat> so this is the biggest force in economics, but all financial bodies related to that huge giant called client as a rival. The less you understand, the more we can cloud and uh, profit more, yes. the better. And uh, the little you understand, the more we can separate between one client to another, the better. So the whole world was a sales world, where you as a client were a rival. You were the enemy. The new world is an advisory world. That is, if they're professional and honest enough, they'll be able to create a new win-win situation where you get the best and the ones who serve you make a decent profit and find that way, and the, the, which is similar to the medical world, I'm referring to private doctors rather than Kupat Cholim. Because even in Kupat Cholim, we have conflicts of interest. They have about 10 minutes maximum for each uh, patient. And they only use the cheapest drugs that uh, uh, Kupat Cholim will pay for. But if you go to a private doctor and he's unbiased and he knows his territory, he wants you healthy. Right. And this is what I think the new world is going for. Uh, we've been doing it for the past 20 years. And we think that everyone will have to adjust to this new standard of responsibility and ownership over clients' welfare and benefits, especially because we are on a new ground, which is uh, unlike our parents, which had about 40 years of work to prepare enough income for about 10 to 12 years of uh, pension without income. Our generation is already facing a 30-30 situation. You have about 30 years of work to prepare for at least 30 years of pension without income. That means you cannot make mistakes. You have to be very, very accurate. Mm -hmm. And you have to do everything with right unbiased counseling because you cannot afford the mistake. I think that, uh, again, to, to take your analogy of, of the doctor 
And this leads me to my next question. I mean, everyone goes to a doctor when they're sick. Uh, very few people go to a doctor when they're well, looking for ideas of how to, to be healthy in the future. So when you look at the Israeli market, uh, what would you say from your experience percentage of, of Israelis even have a financial retirement plan? In other words, that they have something to look, they're looking ahead to. Or do, they, or do they come to you when they're sick, so to speak? It's a very good question. Uh, all Israelis, by law, have a retirement plan, mm -hmm. but nobody knows what it consists of. Right. And will it be enough to support them? So most people go for cure rather than prevention. And it's painful. Yes. <laughs> it's, it's very painful, and many times we have nothing to do but to tell you the bad news. So, so when sh when should people start planning for their retirement? Uh, since we understand the new ground rule, which means that you have 30 years to prepare 30, uh, uh, cash and income for 30 years without income, and the other 30 grows every year by extra three months. This is not a silent number. No. It's not dormant. It's very much alive. The statistics shows that Every four years, you have to create another full year of income. Wow. Because longevity from the age of 65 onwards grows rapidly, and that uh, is uh, the average rhythm in the Western world. Israel is one of the five leading uh, societies in the world which longevity is growing rapidly. How did we fit in? I don't know, because I understand about New Zealand, I understand about France. How did Israel fit in? God knows, but we were there. <laughs> okay. We were there. So uh, the the simple question is: from the first day you start working, you have to be very conscious. You have to understand what it means to cash in your severance pay. You have to be very conscious about how much you're saving out of your budget. And I'm referring to a population that is capable of saving. Because if you eat everything today, you'll have nothing for tomorrow. No, oh, that, that's abs absolutely true. So, so a person is your you your job is to make a person aware of this, as you're making my listeners aware. But someone may be listening and saying to themselves, "Well, um, it's easy for someone who who's rich to invest wisely, but but how can an average person invest wisely?" I think it's the other way around for rich people. <laughs> To invest wisely is difficult. The more you have, the more you have to be more accurate. Mm -hmm. uh, you have a great responsibility. But uh, there are very uh, simple means of saving, but you have to have unbiased uh, uh, counseling. You cannot buy it from the bank. You mm -hmm. cannot buy it from an insurance company. You cannot buy it from an investment houses. They are all, uh, so to speak, uh, producers of medications, they want you to buy their medication even if it will kill you. You have to go to a private doctor, pay very little amounts for uh, counseling and save a lot of money just by doing the right thing. And there are new solutions now. Some of them are being uh, advertised recently, which allow you to save in a very good way and have total liquidity with your investments and combine the two. So all you need is a very good advice, and from then on, if you go into a regime of 
managing your investments and savings, seeing that you have to prepare a lot of money for the future, let alone to help your own kids. Uh, that's the best advice I can give you. Use the Chinese medicine, do prevention, don't do cure. Yes. By the way, my wife is a doctor of Chinese medicine, so I, uh, I appreciate those comments. Uh, I, I have the needles, uh, Marks, to, to prove it to. <laughs> okay. um, let me ask you this. You referred before to uh, our parents' generation, yeah. uh, who, let's say, worked 40 years, only had perhaps a life expectancy of 10 to 12 years. Um, but certainly one of the phenomena we see today, uh, at least I see in my practice, is that that parent generation, or let's even call it a grandparent generation, mm -hmm. uh, because of the, the uh, in, increase or rise in real estate prices, uh, other things that they may have been successful in business, uh, that generation does have a lot of wealth. In some cases, they, they don't need that money. They see a younger generation, children, grandchildren, who need financial mm -hmm. help. Uh, and then comes the issue of, transferring that wealth or what we'd call giving gifts. Yes. What, what problems do you see when parents or grandparents want to make gifts to children and grandchildren? I see two uh, focal points that you have to look through to understand the picture. The first uh, is the matter of taxes. Israel is one of the, the last uh, societies on the OECD doesn't have uh, inheritance tax or gift tax. Yes. We truly think that it's temporary. We as a country must go to that environment mm -hmm. because the differences in Israel between poor and rich will tear us apart. And the height of personal taxing is the highest since the beginning of this country. So you cannot go on taxing the working sections to death and having the rich become all the time richer. So we think that uh, if you intend to give gifts and if you plan to do that, you have to do it in a very wise way now, before the law changes, and to do it in a way that you don't lose control over those gifts. Uh, it's quite important to do that. It's very difficult to explain why over a broadcast, but mm -hmm. we strongly advise that if you plan to help your children or your uh, grandchildren, you should do it now before it will be taxable. So uh -huh. that's the first part. Okay. The other part is to look at the situation where you can defend those gifts in case of divorce or in case of new taxation. And there's no way around it but to have private counseling, how to do that, and each family does it according to its own uh, preferences. But we strongly advise to think about it in balance. That is, to see how much truly would you need as long as you live, and little do people know that the longer you live, the higher goes your uh, rate of expense. So to really plan how much do you need for yourself so it doesn't become a situation where you help your kids and then they have to support you. Right. And the rest arrange uh, preparation for the new coming laws in a way that you don't 
break a family by giving one and not giving another. You don't lose control over it, but you did do it under the rules of giving a tax-free gift. All right, let me let me add one other question to this. Base, and again, going back to something that you, you said several times to this podcast about that the current generation can expect to maybe have 30 uh, fruitful years of work um, and, the, and then ex- have an extended retirement. It would seem to me, have you, do you have any advice where a parent or grandparent says, okay, I can afford this, I can afford this gift, uh, I'm going to help my kids or grandkids, but this may... Uh, the grandkids may say, you know what, now I now I don't have to work part of those 30 years. Now I only have to work 20, or I don't have to be so ambitious, or I can delay getting my education. Um, do, you, do you see cases where gifts might undermine the next generation's goals? Totally. Uh, their financial? Okay. Totally. This is a very good question. This is why I mentioned earlier on that we uh, help every uh, family to do the right thing without destroying the family structure, neither by uh, uh, separating one brother from another, one grandchild from the other on on money grounds and not corrupt uh, the want to sustain yourself and to do the right things with the people who are the recipients. Right. So generally when we arrange a gift like that, we sit with everyone, we put everything on the table, and we make everyone understand what does it mean and what do they have to do with it, and what are the terms of those gifts, because some of the parents give those gifts under terms. And the terms should uh, fit in, so you will be entitled for that. I don't mean as for you have to be the champion of soccer in Israel. Right. To, to, to get that, that present. It just means that you have to agree to those terms and this way get a gift that will build you and won't destroy you. All right, so let me ask you the following. You've, you've referred, obviously, the earlier someone could sit with someone from your team, the better. Uh, you've also mentioned that someone comes too late in the game. Uh, you don't have anything much to give but not good, not good news. But let's suppose you get uh, someone comes to you and they're right in the middle. They're, you know, what we call middle age. Uh, they're, let's say, early 40s. Uh, yeah. They obviously don't have another 30 years of working ahead of them, but they're not at the end. Uh, what's the best advice you can give to them? Uh, I think it remains the same, but uh, the main idea is, to, first of all, to see the whole picture. Most people do not understand what does it mean to cash in on your savings now to save or not to save, to increase your saving or not. And you need a picture to decide. So the first solution that we provide is that you understand, should everything go right for you, you will be employed until the age of 67, which for more, for most uh, executives is not true. Mm-hmm. So uh, if you look at reality, you would see that the real retirement age of sea uh, uh, level management, CEOs, and so on, uh, top managers would be between 50 to 60. Right. And, and what you're referring to, I, I assume, is that when you talk about cashing in your severance or, or uh, uh, money, that, that again, in, in the new age of, of the workplace, the, the employment market, uh, that example you gave of that 
our parents' generation, those people may have worked at the same company for 40 years. I, I would assume, and I see it in my own practice, that uh, a, someone who gets to see level may go through three, four, five employers in their career. So of they're course. they're, they're going to have three or four or five times where they have this severance available to them. Um, and you're saying this is so critical to, to make the right decision. That's the first part. The other part is how do you manage your savings as you go along? Because most people buy... Uh, medications related to savings blindfoldedly. Right, and that that exactly leads to my next question. In other words, you've you've got savings. One of the things, hopefully, you you make money on your savings, but you do have to pay tax. Uh, you do need nowadays a manager, uh, which ch- a manager, of course, is entitled to their fees. Um, this, of course, takes a toll on your savings. Is, is, there a, is there a good way or a legal way around this in terms of uh, minimizing, let's say, the taxes? Um, of course. Um, most people are not aware of that. But the, the food chain, the toll on your savings, if you are not consulted, would be between, as I said, 25 to 60% of your current asset. Let me give you an example. In Israel, we have 25% capital gains. There are ways to postpone them and pay them only when you want to, mm-hmm. as opposed to the situation where most people are, where they save in the banking system and they invest via the banking system, thus having them to pay 25% of all capital gains. Just the ability to postpone capital gains for later on, when you want to, would uh, result around 33% of every capital uh, that you have now. For each million that you have now, just postponing the tax would result in extra 33% Mm -hmm. net income. Even when you pay the tax at the end, you would have 33% more at the same yield just by uh, postponing the tax. Most people are not aware of that. The other part is the very long food chain that you have as for management fees. Mm -hmm. Most people are not aware of them. Let me give you an example. Bank costs would toll on your current asset between 15 to 23% that you can save. You would still be paying bank costs, but honest ones. So to do that, we we manage over $1.5 billion of investment. So we have a lot of negotiating power. And all our clients pay uh, the honest rate, not the regular rate. And we also have a control system which can tell that the bank didn't make mistakes. You know, they don't take your money, they mistake. So we prevent that. Our biggest joke is that we returned bank fees to uh, CEO of a bank, which is very much like a, a man biting a dog. <laughs> okay. Well, that's uh, your clients must must be happy, and certainly uh, at the end when they start being looking at the the amount that has been accumulated, uh, they're they're going to be very pleased to look at their year end of the year statement. Yes. I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna finish with a question, obviously that that relates to my clients and my practice is that Israel uh, 
has a, it does have a significant amount of people who live here with with dual citizenship. And uh, do you have any advice regarding when one has capital gains and and again inheritance and gift taxes for for these dual citizens who may have obligations in in two countries? Yes, uh, this is a very big thing. Uh, if you have dual citizenship, you'll have to pay capital gains according to the highest uh, level. For instance, if it's uh, 33% in the country you came from and it's 25% here in Israel, you would have to pay the difference between here and there. Right. There are ways to avoid totally yes. capital gains, as I mentioned earlier on, and to postpone them later on. When this is the rate, the saving will not be 33%, as I mentioned earlier on, it will be over 60. Wow. So there are ways, they are not, it's not common knowledge, and uh, you have to check with every person what are the current uh, accounting laws in, in the country came from, so you can really do the right thing for him, but in most cases, it is possible to save those amounts. All right, that, that's very, very important. All right, so Ranan, uh, people have listened. We've spent uh, about the last 30 minutes together. How can they get in touch with you? How can they find more about your company? Sure, so uh, we could, you could find us at our uh, Tel Aviv branch at uh, 751-9131. Or at our website, Tammuz Group, C-O-I-L. All right. Well, uh, I, I thank you for taking the time today, and uh, I'm, uh, it's, it's, I hope we can have a follow-on call, uh, depending on uh, questions I get about this uh, podcast, and uh, I look forward to hearing more about your company in the future. It will be a pleasure. Thank you very much. I hope you enjoyed our podcast. Feel free to visit us at www.peacestein.com or look for Philip Stein Associates on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Goodbye.